everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Breaking Western Podcast. We are in season four. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, I'm we're proud getting of better. Us. I would like to say that, but it's unpredictable. It depends <laughs> on the week. <laughs> we're in season four, which is talking about being a mindful consumer. And Abby, tell them about who we have on today. You know, I had to write out an introduction for today's guest for fear of being speechless when it came time to introduce her. Um, We're just so excited. So for fans of Yellowstone, we know you're familiar with her work. And today we have the woman responsible for (laughs) the woman responsible (laughs) Um, for Beth Dutton's iconic fur-trimmed blue cloak in season three. It's Lindsay Thornburg. I want to give like a round of applause. <laughs> so she is from Great Falls, Montana, um, but now she works out of New York City and has been collaborating with Pendleton for the last 10 years. Insane. 10 years. And she's actually yeah. the first designer um, to be allowed to cut into their blankets. And her commitment to quality, I would say, personally, is second to none. Um it was actually the comment section on a Yellowstone post recently that made us so stoked to talk to her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we loved her before, and then we read those, and we're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she, because she really eloquently responded to people talking about where they could find knockoffs or cheaper versions or reproductions of her original garments. So, without further ado, Ooh. let's dive right in. Aria. <laughs> I am pretty groovy, just hanging in. Time, time, close time in New York City, so keeping people warm. It is spitting snow here today, and oh my God, what? Yeah, I haven't been out. It is. No, it's the time of year where I don't go outside, and I try not to look out my windows. Yeah, that's that's fair. But, okay, so I'll just say it. Lindsay's a guest that we never thought we could have. Oh, never. Ever in a million years. She's been oh, on wow. our guest list. But we didn't <laughs> my think we could get. Right? Like <laughs> That's what we're here for. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. So we're, take, it, take, me, we're, take me into the weekend with a hit of ego. Love it. <laughs> so we're excited. We want to dive in. I feel like we probably got, like most people, we – paid attention to you probably pretty late in your career all things considered Mm -hmm. like we are so late to the bus here so let's go back to the beginning and tell us a little about like who you are and how you got started with all of this um well my name is Lindsay I yes I'm (laughs) from I'm from Montana my both sides of my family are uh Air Force Great Falls family um my father moved to Bozeman about 40 years ago from Great Falls, and then my mom kind of took me on tour with her, and I was in between Seattle and Colorado and Bozeman and kind of on that trajectory growing up. Um, so I was a bit of a gypsy child, and fashion just became a way for me to kind of be shy and speak to people at the same time. I think before the Internet, Ooh. it was... It was very, um, it was a little more like a tribal identity. You dressed a certain way to, now people can mimic things or just, you know, but then it felt very much like if you want to be perceived or identify with certain things, you dress a certain way. Or, and I kind of, and that just always stuck with me. So by the time I ended up in New York making clothes, which was 
I've been making clothes since I was very young. So that's what kind of led me in that direction. And just, you know, I made small collections that I sold on the streets of New York. I never wanted to work for a corporation. I would do like small little collections and wear them into shops that I wanted to be in or just set up shop on a street corner and it just grew like that. Um, and then I'd always had a dream of working with Pendleton. I grew up around the blankets. It was always around me. Um, but I could never quite find something that they made that spoke to me directly. So a lot of it also just came really from needing, not being able to afford a jacket in New York City and walking around my apartment in my Pendleton blankets and, you know, <laughs> just the, the coziness you get from being cocooned in a blanket. It's just, I think our little, our little human beings, our little souls just resonate with being cocooned in a blanket. And then when you can adapt that to take it outside and make it actually chic, it becomes this whole thing. Like maybe you would look forward to being out in the cold today if you had on the cloak mm-hmm. because you get to secretly wear a really chic blanket. And <laughs> you know what? I've seen your work. I would agree with that. <laughs> I would be excited to go outside if I was wearing your coat. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, I am a pretty shy human, so I think that there's something very protective about coming up with a cloak silhouette because of all the things that I just stated. It's nurturing, it's warm, it's cozy, but at the same time, people are always very curious about it, so people will start talking to you about the jacket, and so it's kind of like your lead-in to being able to, you know, they're, the, the jackets are very popular with, or, with well, more popular with Yellowstone, 100%, but, you know, people are very drawn to them, so it becomes like a conversation piece, and people are stoked on it, and I would always want, my thing with fashion that always has been is I make people want things, that's my job. As a designer, you're kind of making things, and you have to kind of play into the psychology of making people want something, which is a huge responsibility. So I don't want to feel like people don't have enough or that they're lacking or that who they are or what they have isn't enough. So when you make something, it's a big responsibility, and that's always been my approach. So if I'm going to make something and put it on planet Earth, it's going to be the best something. And that's just been the philosophy with these jackets, and we've really focused on them and just grown with them and see where it goes and where it resonates. So it's kind of just been a ride of, you know, coming up with one really cool design and, like, getting the partnership with Pendleton, you know, closing my stores in New York and going back to Montana and the mountains where I knew that people would, it would, the design would resonate a little more. Um, so it's just been an adventure of design and, like, really sticking to, like, I don't need to come up with collections every six weeks and force people into buying. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um that's that's kind of it. I mean, that's how it started. That's how it's been going. That's what we've been doing for the last decade. Incredible. Well, there's something to be said for that, something that is, when you look at it, really eye-catching, a beautiful statement piece seems kind of out there, but when it comes down to it, it's actually just a really practical garment with a really long life. Yes. Exactly. I mean, there's, it's very, 
I'm kind of downplaying the design of it when I say, you know, it's a blanket you can wear outside because it's actually we use for the lining and for the internal elements of it, it's wool cashmere. And then we get all the wool cashmere from companies that are, you know, selling off their remnants. So it's all repurposed cashmere in the lining. And then the buttons are all wood horns that we're getting from different places. So it's it's not, I mean, the elevation of the blanket is very special. And um, all, all those elements make it, make it. Just the more cozy. <laughs> the way you describe it, I imagine you like wrapping every single person in a blanket, and then it turns into this beautiful coat as you place it, like a like the, the best fairy godmother I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I hope so. I, I've had I've had I've had a lot of customers that have been like, it's my thunder jacket. You know, the the jackets Ooh. that they put on animals when there's storms. Yeah. Like it's a yes. cute. It's a human thunder jacket. They can, like, face anything when they have on their coat. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I've... There's synergy in them. It's really mental. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm essentially just a grown-up shepherd. I'm like a shepherd to this wolf. You know what I mean? I'm like, all right, girls, where do you want to go? Let's I'm go, girls. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. That, but that, I think, is the mark of a truly good garment. Like you said, you're um, you're just trying to make people want things, right? But at the same time, you're empowering them through this special garment and really, like, bringing them into themselves, giving them this new boost of confidence to speak up, even if they're shy, to speak up without saying anything at all. Yeah, that's an element of it. I, I mean, by me saying I think any designer, anybody who has a product, your inherently your job is to make them want something. So that's just the I'm not I don't want to highlight that in a way that it's like negative. I just think it's important to make people want the right thing. You know what Absolutely. I mean? If you're gonna invest Absolutely. if you're gonna invest in something, like it's just there's a lot out there, man. And make sure you invest in something you're you you're going to love two years from now, three years from now, four years from now, you know, a decade from now. Hopefully it can just be passed down versus something you're going to be like, hey, that was so last season. <laughs> last season. Last season. Yeah, Bye. that's how quick it goes. But that's, that's I think, an important underpinning of that word want is that if you truly want it, you want to have it in your closet, you want to wear it, you want it to be a part of your life more so than just an expendable garment that you'll wear for a season or that you'll wear for a short time until it, you know, wears out after a couple of wears and you replace it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the whole psychology behind fashion and fast fashion and all that stuff is just, it's crazy. It's very crazy. crazy. Yes, yes. So we kind of touched a little bit earlier in talking about, like, the, um, the buttons, what they're made out of, the lining, all this kind of stuff. What goes into making your garments as far as, like, a, a time commitment, a design? You know, how far in advance are you thinking up? Do you pick out the blankets first? Like, what is your process when it comes to, to designing these things? Uh, well, it's been me and my director of operations, Stacey. It's just been me and her for the better part of a decade. And then, you know, we have a rotating cast of, other humans, um, but usually three people here, and then we have two seamstresses in the garment district 
platform 39 in Manhattan. So everything's made here. Um, the process behind making them is really intricate because, you know, we're working with Pendleton, which is such a privilege and such an honor. The history of this mill is incredible, and, you know, we're proud to work with them, and we know the integrity that needs to go into each of the, each of the quotes because we're working with, you know, all these really special patterns, so we need to make patterns for each pattern. So, you know, we have our meetings with Pendleton, and then we figure out, you know, which blankets we're drawn to, and then we sort the layouts for them, and then we have to create our own patterns for the layouts, and then, you know, kind of rolls from there. Um, but every, the majority of the stuff, you know, we can't cut very many at the same time, so they're all pretty much hand-cut and sewn still, and I think, you know, that's a really beautiful process. And, you know, it, there's very... As far as fashion goes, there's not much carbon footprint with us. I ride a bike around all day. Stacy rides the subway or a bike. We're using, you know, America's finest woolen mill company. So that's all within the U.S. So there's, you know, limited shipping. Um, and, you know, we're, we've been doing the same thing for so long, which is really beautiful. And when, you know, there's been some pushback as far as, like, the structure of fashion that I lost some interest as far as big periodicals writing about me because I wasn't, like, pumping out more looks. and. Mm. But um, I knew when I made this silhouette particularly, it was kind of like one of those, like, oh, I just wrote a hit song or something. I'm like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> like... Anybody who walks into a room with this on is going to be the coolest person in the room, like the most unique. You know what I mean? And it was just kind of like, all right, there's a million places where this would work. This would work in back in the mountain towns, in the Western world, in New York. You know, it's like just introduce this product to as many people as you can. And then there's a beautiful story behind it, too, because it's really you know, us just following that process of believing in something and see what, seeing where it goes. So that's the process. <laughs> that's amazing. And so I'm am, I talking, am I talking too much? You can, you can tell me. Oh, no, no. No, no, this is so amazing. So I'm thinking, too, after you're talking about selecting your blankets, cutting them out, can you tell us about even the kind of the intricacies or the nuances of even cutting out all of the pieces that come together to build your jacket? Because when you're working with patterns, um, it's not so simple, right? You can't just cut your shapes from anywhere on the blanket and put them together and have it look good. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> Which I think is something people don't recognize. Well, you recognize it when it's done poorly. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I don't, um, yeah, I mean, I'm so symmetrical in the brain that it's <laughs> got to all come together. Like when I see something off, I'm like, ah, no, my brain, my brain is breaking. My brain is breaking. You need the, that sacred geometry to be on point, you know? <laughs> so that's something that, people are finding in your garments that they aren't probably necessarily finding in a reproduction or, a, you know, a quote-unquote cheaper version of what you make. 
Mm. I mean that that whole racket is just a monster. I've never I've never seen. I mean, we've obviously been knocked off in many different ways in the past by you know different different levels of quality, different you know different facets. Uh, but this is new. I've never seen anything like this happen before, where it just feels like there's a mothership out there of like some manufacturing facility somewhere that's just like they're taking the images from our website and then reproducing whatever they're reproducing. It's not good. It's like what you would buy as a Halloween costume of like a version. I think it's like it's like a printed polyester lined with like some I mean I've I've had people send me pictures of them when they've ordered them. I mean it's it's worth there's no way that you could reproduce exactly what we're doing and like to see what's coming out is just it's a joke I'm just like I'm really sad that people are even spending you know 50 100 dollars on it because I'm just like oh that's literally going to wipe up you know moisture on the floor at some point somebody's not going to use it to wear it's insane <laughs> it's like worse it's like it's so bad it's so bad <laughs> When you said Halloween costume, like, you can get it. Right. Oh, sorry, go for it. No, no, no you're, you good. Go. you're good. It was just when you said Halloween costume, I immediately had that smell. You know, when you walk into like a Halloween yeah, store exactly. and it's like I also immediately thought of all of the, <laughs> <laughs> the memes where they're playing the Jurassic Park theme song with a recorder. Somebody like opens it up, is so excited to see your cloak, and it's like. <laughs> Like, so close. But then you're right. It's so frustrating because that's still $50, $100 of someone's money being funneled towards this really bad product um, when it could have been put towards something so much more impactful. It's just – it's a catch-22 because, you know, people want to – people want to be able to afford things, and I 100% understand that, and – it's just, and then at the same time, a lot of that audience are the people that are, like, bringing everything back to the U.S., but they're going to be the same people that complain about the price point when you produce in the U.S. You know, we really believe in, we really believe in paying people, you know, a livable wage here, which that becomes expensive. Pendleton is a quality, quality, quality mill. I've never seen a mill so impeccable. It is, I'm awestruck every time I walk through it and you know their prices are actually really reasonable for what they do and then you know we have it here and we have our seamstresses and we pay our seamstresses $35 an hour because they are machinists I mean what they're doing is Mm -hmm. insane so we pay everybody really well so you know if people really saw the breakdown of what we're actually making on the garment it's not as extreme as it seems when you don't know the back end of the industry so and that i think that's a different model for sure than like a boutique where if you're seeing a 200 dollar garment the boutique's probably making at least half of that at least at least i mean yeah but it's also yeah yeah I mean, there's there's so many different, you know, spreadsheets for fashion, but ultimately, to make really, really quality things, it's just expensive. It's expensive. So, 
you know, yeah, I wish absolutely. I could offer, I, I, I wish I could offer something that could accommodate everybody, but I would say save up, wait for a sale, don't buy those weird things on the internet because they are mental. <laughs> Insane. Now I'm I just like, really want to see one. I know, same. <laughs> they are so bad. So, I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> it's the kind where you like can't get too close to something flammable. <laughs> <laughs> Don't smoke in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's like wrinkly and viscosy and polyester, and they just printed the print right on top of it, and like the lining looks like oh, no, and orange, are... and it's just it's so bad. And I'm just. You know, I've spoken with Pendleton about it because it's a trademark issue with their blankets as far as them reproducing. You know, it's not a it's not a woven good. It's screen printed on top of whatever. But they're just too fast and hard. Nobody knows where they are, what they're doing, or how to stop it. Like, for me, it, I've spoken with lawyers about it just because they're taking the images off of our website. And, mm-hmm. you know, the lawyers are like, well, the only thing we could actually do is just going forward trademark every image that's on your website, but then that's $600 an image. I'm uploading images, you know, every other month, so you can't. It's right. just, it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird. Would be <laughs> interesting wow. because that would, you know, that obviously would then drive up the price of any of your products so that I don't think – consumers always realize how each of our choices plays into the greater system. So by buying some of those cheaper options, quote unquote, it makes the original item even more expensive every time they, they do that, which is so interesting that our system is so cyclical. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just mental. The whole thing is just, yeah. So what I want to know is... It's a mess. Fashion is a mess. (laughs) (laughs) Heard. (laughs) Um, But then I'm curious, then, how does being original and being different like this and having really quality items get you noticed and score you some of these big opportunities and partnerships, like partnering with Pendleton or being... Of you know a featured designer on Yellowstone. Um. Well, I think we've always been self-funded. So when I was creating the first silhouette for the cloak and it was and I was still doing the same thing, just going to a couple friends stores and on the street and people were really, really resonating to that design. Like in two thousand eight. And I was like, Wow, I'm surprised. It's a big look. It's a big look. I'm I'm excited <laughs> that people are like drawn to it. Um but I really I just believed in it and I knew because of the reception and how people felt and like the customers that we were acquiring that it was something worth pursuing so I just I think a lot of it is just being really tenacious having something that you really believe in and like fighting for that and supporting that vision on at every angle you know I was very young when Pendleton signed on to to work with me and that wasn't, you know, that didn't come naturally to, to them. They were used to working with bigger companies. They were used to working with, 
you know, people that had a little more visibility. So it was very, it was really cool for them to finally be like, all right, we really love what you're doing. So we're going to support you and give you, you know, give you the, the ability to, to use our blankets because they don't do that with everybody that's making, um, making stuff out of their blankets. So, you know, we wear, we wear that, that Lindsay Thornburg for Pendleton badge with honor. Um, as you should. But you know, but you, so at every angle, you just, you just fight for it. You know, you follow your excitement. You follow where it leads. Like I said, I had stores in New York for when I was a baby. I would just save space at stores until they wanted somebody who could pay, pay market value for them. And I would like hop around, kind of having stores, stores, stores. And when I realized that, you know, maybe it wasn't, I wasn't speaking to the audience that was as receptive to my wares. I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go spend more time back in Montana with this, you know. And I built a store out in Paradise Valley about three years ago. Um, and it's more of an installation. It's a it's a cabin in the middle of nowhere that I just built out to look like a gallery space with my clothes. And there's a lot of interesting people out there. And I have a little area in the back of it I can sleep when I'm in town, but it's this really beautiful gallery space, and it was a very unusual project, but I was just really excited about it, and I knew it was where my clothes should be, and, like, for them to live, and just, it's very cool. It's on a timer. The timer goes on at 10 in the morning, and off at 10 at night, and you drive by this beautiful road on the Yellowstone River, and there's just, like, this cabin that's lit up with just one rack of my beautiful clothes. It's so pretty. Oh, my And I was just very excited about it. I was very fighting the urge to get teary eyed right now. It's so beautiful. I'm about to drive to Montana. (laughs) It's so pretty. And I had so much energy behind this project and it was really bizarre. I didn't have any money in the bank at the time and I dumped it all (laughs) into the rebuild of this thing. Like literally just like so stoked. And then, you know, that put me in a place with being able, I was doing trunk shows at the Yellowstone Club at that point, and, you know, that gives me access to, you know, humans that are a little more private, and I I had taken all the energy that I put into having stores here and get my products into any property in Montana that was, you know, hosting high-end guests, like for and Chateau properties, you know, these high-end glancing experiences. I just knew that this would be a piece when people shop on vacation, they shop forever. They want that piece and it reminds them of that thing. And it's just, you know, I grew up, my mom's in hospitality. I grew up around the hotel industry. I know how people's minds work in those worlds. So I was like, I don't need to be having runway shows every six weeks or every six months or whatever. Like just go back to where people want this product. And that was a risky step, but it worked. It works, and, you know, we sell to a property where um, Kelly Beth Dutton stays, and she bought a cloak, and she wore it to set, and that's how that all went down, you know? So it's a long oh. it's a long story of, you know, just following your passion and, like, excitement, and it's like hopefully we all get the opportunity to find something that, you know, gives us purpose and, like, makes us want to wake up and pursue something that's bigger than us you know so I've always had that with this product and 
I've been lucky for it. My heart is swelling at the very thought of all of that. Because there's some, I mean, I also make clothing and it can be tough, right? Because you're just working to try and get your pieces into the hands of the right people, like the people who will love them and appreciate them for what they are and how they are an extension of you and everything that you've put into them up until that point, and then to see them kind of walk off into the world um, is a really powerful thing, especially when they're finding the right home. Kelly Riley. Like Kelly Riley. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. What I mean, the crazy thing about that whole story, too, besides the whole thing being crazy, is, like I was saying, that project that I did in Paradise Valley was very bizarre, and I haven't been – so passionate about something in a very long time, but I wanted to reconnect with my family. I have about 23 cousins in the area. Like, my grandma was still there. I was like, I need something to bring me back home, and I need a project to do it because I don't like being idle when I'm anywhere. And I've always, like, I grew up going to Chico Hot Springs. Like, I just, it was my favorite place in Montana, but, you know, I'm not in a place to buy land there. So I built this thing, and then, you know, three years later, we're coming off this pandemic, kind of. I live in New York, so it was we were still feeling it. And I get an email that I'm featured in the show. And, like, I'd heard rumors. I don't have TV, so I'd heard rumors that Kevin Costner was doing a show in Montana, but I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. I knew he was filming out there. And, like, man, I was like, cool, that's amazing. And then it launched, and I was like, oh, my God. So the story, <laughs> so the story was very – because this Yellowstone, the show, takes place in Paradise Valley. Like, that's where it's meant to be – they don't film there, but that's where it's meant to be. That's the setting of the Yellowstone Ranch or the Dutton Ranch. So I'm like, oh, my God, what kind of magic was that? Like, and now I have a store in Paradise Valley, and this show just, you know, gave me so much exposure during the global pandemic. I'm completely humbled by the whole thing. I'm completely humbled by the way that life can unfold and, you know, to, what a privilege to have Kelly wear my things and her character is such a badass and she's such a badass and just so smart and eloquent and plays that character like a, like I want to say a mother effer, but I don't know if I can say that on the podcast. It's just like all, it's just it's all just magic. Like I'm, I'm just like so I'm awestruck by it all. That's, That's so you know, exactly. do the good work, make cool things, and hopefully, hopefully you can dress that button. <laughs> <laughs> that is the dream. And when we watched that episode, and Beth walked out in that coat, like. My jaw was on the ground. I did not know your work. I didn't know who you were. But when that scene happened, I'm like, this just changed the whole game in the Western industry. Like, people are about to just lose their minds. And they did. And they did. <laughs> and we haven't gotten them back. No. It was chaos, though, in New York. I honestly, I didn't get to watch the show until February of 2021 because, you know, I went from shutting down my business furloughing my employees, you know, 
holding tight through the thing, not sure if we would come out of this. Like, I had to move my workspace three times during that time. I moved my home of 10 years a time. So while all this was happening, I was just, like, an utter, like, I didn't even know what was going on. I was just like, whoa, whoa, what are you, what are you, you know what I mean? I was just like, and so then we had to, yeah, and then we had to, you know, open everything up very quickly when it was safe back in July. You know, our factories were still closed in July 2021. So, like, we had to take all the steps to make sure it was safe to produce all these things. And while we were moving everything, and it was just, it was, it was, I'm just now getting to the point to where my life is stabilized enough that I'm like, whoa, dude, that was mental. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is my life. <laughs> yeah, and now it's like, now I got a TV, so I, I'm buying the, <laughs> the Paramount TV so I can keep up with them. I mean, what a show. I, they once are it's hard, awesome. it really grabs you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God! The whole world—it's just—it's gorgeous. They're—they're doing—they're doing it. It is a whole world, and I think like it's a series. It's almost like a Harry Potter in my mind, where you yeah. know all of it is not something you could go out and find, but like you kind of believe that <laughs> these are real people. Like Let's Daniel Radcliffe Hogwarts. does not exist. <laughs> Kelly Riley, who's that? Like it's Beth and Harry all day long. <laughs> but to hear that there's also like good people behind all of this makes your heart happy especially in the larger industry i think we have like this kind of standard that there should be ethics and morals behind different things which is interesting looking at western fashion we don't always live up to that yes (laughs) um but it's cool to hear stories like this one especially that that kelly just picked this up she found that very organically and it's in the show because she loved it um yeah 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 it's all. <laughs> you don't have to say anything. I know we're. <laughs> I still wouldn't have my mind wrapped around it if I were you. I'm not you, and I'm struggling with it. <laughs> yeah, and the costume designer Janetta Boone is so cool and so supportive, and you know, I mean, it's it's everything. I mean, the character is so cool, but also. Kelly just seems, I don't know much about her, but, you know, and I think that's the beauty of her acting and her craft is she's really, it's what I've read about her. She's been in this for so long and she's just quiet and like one of the, you know, kind of like these Daniel Day-Lewis sort of characters that really sticks to her craft and then appears when she needs to play these really beautiful roles and then kind of disappears back into her life, which, you know, I, I love characters like that that just like hone in on their craft and then disappear it doesn't seem like she's as focused on the celebrity aspect of it so you know she's a freaking goddess i i'm i don't have words for being able to discover somebody like that and have my garments on them i'm just like whoa okay okay nice that was cool amen all of that all of that Sorry. I'm very, I'm very, I guess I'm very excited. Um, Angela and I are just sitting here quietly because we don't even know what to say. This is one of those conversations that like fills you all the way up and then our cups just overflow. 
for the rest of the day thinking that we can do anything. I feel pretty unstoppable right now. Yeah, by proxy. By proxy, absolutely. (laughs) All right, Lizzie, well, tell everybody where they can find you and your garments online or in stores. Um, well, you can come to lindsaythornburg.com. That would be the best bet. Um, otherwise, we sell to Gorsuch, which is a beautiful store in our alpine town. Where else? You can go to the ranch at Rock Creek, Paul's up in Montana. Um, you know, we, well, just, you know, if you're not driving around the West, just come to our website. But if you happen to be driving around the West, there's a bunch of beautiful little mercantiles you can find our wares in. We love to hear it. So, everyone, if you're not familiar with Lindsay's work already, if you haven't checked her out, please jump on your devices right now and do that because you won't regret it. Um, That's Lindsay with an E-Y, Thornburg with a U-R-G. So, at Lindsay Thornburg on Instagram. Um, lindsaythornburg.com, check her out, or if you just happen to happen to be, like, in the Paradise Valley, maybe go um, give her cabin a little look-see. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. Go, go in. <laughs> it's so cool. Oh, my gosh. I love my little Paradise Valley project. I'm so lucky to have it. I mean, it's absolutely been added to our list for the next time we're out That's west, and I can guarantee we will, we, we we will, will drive out of our way. It's amazing there. We've driven out of our way for less. Way less. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lindsay, thank you so much again for being on the podcast today. This was incredible. I loved hearing. This was actually better than I could have ever anticipated. Oh, ever. Yeah. And we oh, are so happy for, for everybody time listening. For Absolutely. Oh, Any anytime. We're excited we get to cross this one off our bucket list. So thank you to everybody who's been listening to another episode of the Breaking Western podcast season or going for broke we will see you all next week go out there and conquer the world y'all Lindsay gave (laughs) us the power yeehaw bye